Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Small World Soccer Report. This is Danny, as always, bringing you Small World in podcast form. And it is a pleasure, uh, so- somewhat of a mixed pleasure. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, but I do have Dave Gallus of Lane United FC. We are not going to call them lame anymore because they have joined us on the podcast. Dave, thank you so much uh, for joining me. And it's a pleasure to have you here. Happy to be here, Danny. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it took a little bit of, uh, uh, of restraint on my part. No, it didn't. I'm kidding. I'll stop now. Um, you know, but our, our, our coach is good at playing FIFA, so he you is. have nothing to be ashamed of. This is true. This is true. I, I mean, man, it, we'll have to get into that in a minute. It, we're, they, it was such a, such a close game, man. What one of the darkest days Small World will ever have. Uh, but uh, very excited. There's a lot of cool content to cover this week, uh, and it is it's all over the place as Small World loves to be. Um, and it is uh, exciting to have uh, Dave with us for that. Uh, but first, where can we start? But weirdness of the week. This, of course, is our segment that has been a mainstay ever since this podcast has existed. Because weirdness has kind of been a mainstay since Small World has existed at all. Uh, and so there are a few pieces of weirdness to cover. And they're not necessarily weird. One of them is. One of them is definitely very weird. Uh, and Dave, you probably know which one I'm talking about. Uh, but that one will come later. First off, this is just cool. This isn't really weird at all. But this is very exciting. Uh, the NISA Independent Cup. Uh, this is kind of exactly what it sounds like. NISA is sponsoring an independent soccer cup, and it's starting like next week. Uh, I believe July 11th is the first match, which is a week from now, if you guys are listening on the day that this drops, uh, which should be Saturday, the uh, 4th of July. So happy 4th of July to everybody. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so NISA announced this a couple days ago, and they're getting things started fast. Uh, it's a lot of really cool clubs, a nice mix of, uh, obviously, some NISA clubs. Uh, Detroit City, Chattanooga uh, are, are the two big ones uh, that pop out. Uh, and then you've got, you know, your Maryland Bobcats, your uh, Mansfield Revolution out in Texas, uh, your uh, Louisiana Crew, who was a uh, group mate of Small World before we lost to Lane United. Uh, but anyway, uh, we, uh, we, we've got a lot of really cool teams to follow, uh, and it's it's nice to just have any lower league soccer back, but it's especially nice to see this kind of unity uh, where you see a variance of different leagues. Because we saw that in the E Cup, but it's a, a totally different thing to see it on the field. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Dave? I know you guys are, are at a USL League Two, uh, but just that idea of being able to see kind of different clubs from different leagues unite in that way. Uh, what What are your thoughts there? All right, um, one small early diversion. I don't. Yeah, I think it's kind of like uh, GIF and JIF. It, it, is, it, is it NISA or NISA? You know, that's a great question. Uh, and if you ask the editors at Protagonist Soccer, they're very passionate about this. Uh, you you, you got to uh, tag them and, and uh, find out the, their public ire over this because um, it's, it's very hilarious. I think Dan Vaughn, especially, the editor out there, has a, a pretty strong opinion. Uh, and what's his always, take on that? I believe he calls it NISA, and the reason why is because uh, their podcast all about the league is called Knights Who Say NISA, and I think it would well, sound I, weird if it were Knights Who Say NISA. Well, okay. I, I so I'm, I'm pretty the, uh, sure that's their take, and that's my personal take, uh, but I've also heard NISA, which is just kind of a, a dumb 
middle ground. You just you got to choose yeah. one or the other. Yeah, uh, agreed. I mean, yes. I, I love the uh, the Monty Python reference. However, <laughs> um, we've always said Nisa, and I think when I uh, met with Peter Wilt in Chicago, he was oh he called it Nisa. I think so. Well, but, uh, you know, you can't argue you know. with Peter Wilt. Mm-hmm. Well, you can, but <laughs> yeah, you just probably <laughs> not, not on this front. Point, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay, so from at least for the uh, purposes of of this podcast, well, I, I will refer to it as Nisa at least. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. All right, so um, we'll just levities levities aside, um, you know, I, I'm I'm certainly not involved in lower league soccer to to make money. So I'm, Goodness, no. I'm all about the competition, the community it creates, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do have some concerns amid our pandemic. Mm. Um, you know, Lynn United was the first USL2 team to right. announce that it was not going to be competing this summer. Right. Um, it. It, it was a really difficult decision. I mean, a, you know, a lot goes into preparing for a season. And oh, I yeah. can fully understand why people want to compete. That being said, um, I'm really concerned we're not doing enough mm. to test, to make these events safe. Um, so I, I do question sort of the, uh, the, the, the reasoning behind holding said competition on the business side of things i also have concerns because without um you know we we don't get tv deals that pay us at the lower at the lower levels so without that revenue i don't see how competing makes financial sense either Mm. you know it it makes a ton of sense at the at the Premier League, Bundesliga, La Liga level, because they have huge TV deals. Oh, they're making bank right now. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're losing a ton of revenue on, on game day or potential revenue on game day. Oh, right. Um, But that being said, they get to fulfill their TV deal and they get to see out the the competition, et cetera. And and it's great. At our level, it could literally bankrupt teams, Mm. Um, you know, and especially in our country where we're spread out so much and travel is such a large part of the budget. Um, so I, I do have concerns. I, I mean, I, I want to get back to playing as much as the next guy, but I think we also need to be a little bit more realistic in this country that this is a serious, a serious issue we need to deal with. And, uh, I have concerns. I mean, you know, MLS is showing, their, <laughs> you know, they, they have players testing positive and they're coming together and they're still all going to where the state with all of the cases. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I have concerns, but um, you know, I, I admire that that these teams want to get back on the field and and you know represent their communities and have you know fundamentally that's where it's about mm. at our level is is community pride. But that being said, I think the best thing you can do for your community at this point is stay mm. home and wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Please, please. If you're listening right now and you're not wearing a mask, I mean, I'm, if you're in your house, I don't care. But if you're out yeah. somewhere and you're not wearing a mask, what are you doing, sir, ma'am? Not assuming your gender. I don't care. Put a mask on, okay? Anyway, uh, yes. That, and that, that's a fantastic point uh, because I, I, I think you really hit it on the head with the idea of, 
community pride is one thing, but if it's not the right decision for you to be playing right now, <laughs> the, the way that you show pride in your community is you do the right thing for the community and, and you don't play. Um, there is definitely, I, I mean, obviously I've, I've talked with a lot of people on this subject and I've heard everything, you know, on both sides of like, we feel totally confident. There's no worries at all. Um, and obviously there's, um, uh, there's people that feel that there's a lot of concerns and that we shouldn't play at all in any capacity. And then there's people who fall somewhere in the middle. Um, and, and so it's, I can see a lot of different sides. Um, but I mean, it, it is at the end of the day, if we're not prioritizing the safety of the people, uh, especially in lower league soccer, you know, that's definitely a concern, you know, and, and it, like you've said it very well, that lower league soccer is all about community. It's all about the people. So if we're not protecting and prioritizing our people, then that's, that's, you know, a serious problem that, that we want to really figure out and and (laughs) make decisions on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a a tough thing. Um, But yeah. And, and I mean, you mentioned uh, that Lane United was, I think the, the very first right in uh, USL league two to, to decide that you were canceling the season uh, of existing clubs. Yeah. I think there was one, one, uh, rookie franchise that said yeah they yeah delay the expansion their teams yeah, exactly. right which is it kind of a, a different thing um but yeah so i mean obviously again i've heard from a lot of clubs on this and at this point pretty much everybody is is canceled uh in most if not all capacities but what what did that decision look like i know you said it was a really hard one and obviously is there's so much uh, that you have to weigh in that uh, but what was kind of the defining factor and, and why so early for you guys? Um, you know, I, well, the outbreak in Washington was one of the first in the country. You know, that was, mm. that was ground zero for, yeah. for COVID. Um, and so that, that affected our division. Mm. Um, on top of that, uh, we have a fair amount of travel in our division. Right. So kind of on the southern end, right? Yeah, we're we're the most southern team of the yeah. of the Northwest Division, but I mean, we go all the way to Calgary, oh, Vancou- yeah. you know, Vancouver, BC is. And then you've got to cross pl- a country line. Yeah, exactly. That makes things. Yeah, eight plus hours to Vancouver, <laughs> BC. <laughs> uh, Sixteen if we drive, but we fly oh, to Calgary. Um, That's a lot. So yeah, it's it's, it's a lot of travel, um, and if. We so basically the expenses in our division are pretty high. There are mm-hmm. a lot of hotel nights. Or there's a lot of travel, um, and if we were to have a season um, that was you know, restricted in terms of attendance, it it would be crippling for us. Mm-hmm. So right. we had to know that we could have a full season with full attendance, and that was looking really shaky. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And, and like I said, because Washington was sort of one of the first states to really have a big outbreak, it was not looking promising for us. Right. You're in a bad position. And, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Right. So so we sort of had a, a little bit of a preview that I think some other states were not fully appreciating. Mm. Um, and on top of that, it was basically like, well, you know, we have to make financial commitments for the operation of our season that we are not getting guarantees that we would get refunded 
So right. it really just sort of accelerated the the decision making process, and it basically came down to risk mitigation. Right. You no, know, and, and we we talked among the division, and then as soon as Canada closed their border to the U.S. Mm. and BC implemented a mandatory fourteen day quarantine to travelers, <laughs> that just you know our our season is so compressed as it is. Oh, there's no get, way. Yeah, we have to get fourteen yeah. games in you know, two and a half months. And if you go play, if a Canadian team comes to the U S and plays a game and then has to go on lockdown for 14 days, you, you do, you don't have a season. So the writing was on the wall. Once we started sort of diving deep into the details and looking at what it meant. Um, and it just wasn't worth the risk of delaying and committing financially to a bunch of things that we weren't sure we're going to be able to follow through on. Yeah. No, and that, that makes perfect sense. And I, I love the common sense approach to that, uh, which <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't necessarily be something to commend under normal circumstances. But uh, honestly, at, at this point, it kind of is. Um, so it's, it's definitely refreshing to hear um, that you guys really just kind of took everything into account and, and really made the right decision for you guys and made it timely. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's really cool to hear that and to see the, the community focus from a different perspective, you know, that's not necessarily, we want to support the community. So let's have them all come to a soccer game. You know, it was, it was really taking the time and the effort and the personal loss, you know, to a degree, even though you're mitigating even more loss, there's, there's still not exactly a, a benefit financially to not having your season, not having any attendance. Um, so just to, to take that all into account and to make the decision that's right for everybody. Um, it, it does deserve commending. So, so yeah, really, uh, appreciate that out of you guys and a lot of others to be fair, who have, who have been very similar in that regard. Um, yeah. I mean, our, well, thank you. And, uh, you know, our, our division, I spoke a lot with our division and we, we were all, you know, on board with this and, you know, there certain teams could afford, to delay the decision a little bit more um, right. and we couldn't um, you know we because of facilities etc you know we had a lot of there was going to be a big financial outlay for us um, to operate the season mm -hmm. and for others they could just delay it they had local coaches their coaches are already hired we were bringing coaches back who had moved away um, you know and I couldn't have them commit to travel or couldn't have them come here right. and then not pay them. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so man. we had to, so we had to just, you know, make those decisions early. And as it's turned out, you know, it was, it was the right thing to do. Right. Yeah, man, wouldn't that be a rough gig? I can only imagine just being a coach, be like, hey, come out for the season. Oh, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Nope. Yeah. Go home and, and you're not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, no, yeah, that's not fair to anyone. Oh, and good to know. As has been said often lately, um, you know, in the end, football is the least or is the most important, least important thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I like that. I like that. Well said. <laughs> Don't know who first coined that, but whoever it is, good job. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's uh, the NISA, NISA, whatever independent cup. Uh, and uh, a little bit more into uh, why yeah, it may not just, be the best decision. 
let's just wish them the best. Um, Indeed. Because I think that's all we can do at this point. Yeah, that's forward right. With the that's tournament. right. Yep, yep. We support them where we can uh, and, and just wish that, that uh, people stay safe. Yeah, I, I don't agree with the decision, but I wish them the best. We'll leave it there you that. go. There you go. And that's, that's our community for you. We, uh, we support even when we're not necessarily in agreement. That's what we love about it. Uh, and uh, moving forward to a, a less controversial topic that I certainly hope doesn't get affected by COVID-19. I don't know how it could. Uh, it's Lower League Yika back again uh, with the Battle of the Kits. Uh, so Joe Meyer, uh, my good friend, who is the, the founder and the uh, main person behind Lower League E-Cup, uh, has created uh, a kind of a, a filler tournament of sorts to keep interest going and, and to kind of get people excited. Uh, and it's, again, exactly what it sounds like. Uh, this, is, this is not a complicated episode, uh, but uh, <laughs> there's, he just has completely opened the floor to whatever nominations for any lower league soccer club. And I'm not certain yet. I don't think it's been uh, determined if they're going to allow international non-league clubs or if it's just going to be within the U.S., because I know quite a few international clubs have, have asked to be a part of it, um, but I don't know that there's been an official ruling there from Joe. Uh, but all that to say, it's he's going to choose, I don't remember, maybe 64, 32, uh, a certain number that are going to be entered, and I think that the fans are going to vote uh, and kind of see who wins. So it's just going to be kind of, a, a, like, like I said, a filler tournament uh, just to keep interest going. But, man, I just am so struck constantly by how much positive engagement uh, and, and creative ideas are coming from Lower League Cup. It just seems like every week there's something new uh, that's really well thought out, that's really smart. Uh, and I, I just think it's been a, a very excellent example of what esports can mean to our community. Uh, absolutely. Um, all commendations uh, to Lower League Cup. Indeed. It's... it's uh... It's the challenge that that we face, um, and for all involved in lower league e cup to step up and and do something like that is is really commendable. Mm. You know, to to basically be forced into pivoting and how to define yourself as a football club that doesn't play football is challenging <laughs> for yeah. sure. And, uh, you know, everyone involved in E cup has done, a, has done a great job and we are certainly proud to be involved in that, in both the PS4 and the Xbox side of things. Mm. Um, the, unfortunately for us, the, the kit challenge or, tournament or whatever they're calling it is battle uh, coming it's battle of the kids <laughs> it's coming a little early for us because oh, we have some man. we have something really special that we planned on unveiling for our first season at the renovated civic stadium yeah um so we're gonna we're gonna launch it in the fall but uh, yeah it should be good but i'm excited I mean, for that the, the amount i think with uh you know the advancement in sublimation technology the amount of creativity that's been that's being seen throughout the kit world is pretty amazing mm, no i agree it's it's fascinating what people can come up with and i mean we've talked about the creativity from joe to create this but then i mean it, it's a creative idea that opens up all these other creative ideas that are expressed through through soccer kits and man they're beautiful like you said i mean 
you look at, I mean, at, at the higher level of, of what we consider lower league, uh, Ford Madison, obviously, with the drip kit, has gotten a ton of attention. But then you look at, like, Tulsa Athletic, and, and you look at FC Buffalo recently put out something really cool uh, that's super uh, uh, kind of true to, to their city. And uh, I think that's also a fundraiser as well. Um, so it's just, it, it's amazing to see uh, a, a tournament or a collection like that where you get this holistic view of, all that's going on uh and it's just it's a really incredible thing when you see them all together and you're like man how do we even decide like what, yeah what, at that yeah. point it's just kind of a moot point it's like man all these are great um uh, but yeah just that idea of seeing all of them together uh and that that kind of overarching uh movement in, in soccer kits it's really cool yeah absolutely and the you know you can go in any design direction and find something that's been really well executed. I mean, the, mm. the drip kit is not my cup of tea, but I admire the oh. process and the, the reaction has been amazing. Oh, but, yeah. you know, like the SF City FC, their oh. pride kit is beautiful. It's great. I mean, yeah, retro. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a great point, too, because, I mean, you you look at I mean, obviously, there's there's a more, more flamboyant uh out there that that get a lot of attention but then there's a lot of classic looks that look really well sublimated uh uh and and it's just it's cool to see kind of the the variance too kind of the variety in uh different styles yeah but yeah all that to say i'm very much looking forward to uh to battle of the kits Uh, are there any uh jerseys that that you are uh that that you've got a, a hankering might win and any thoughts on that I have no idea. Like, like I said, I mean, I'm I'm probably too old to to have a a finger on the pulse of what might win. You know, the, you know, just react, just judging by the reaction that the drip kit got, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's not my popular. cup of tea, as I said. <laughs> yes, yeah, but no. I I do think the pride kit from SF City FC is is great. That's fantastic. Go. It's got yeah. a retro vibe to it, and you know. Again, a community and a cause behind it, which is something that, as you will see in the fall, is something that uh, is paramount to to what we're going to un- unveil. Oh, man, you're teasing me. Come on, Dave. I want to see it. But, <laughs> All right. Uh... Well, well, just, you know, just... Stay at home for another few months, like we're all willing. <laughs> fine, fine. I'll be patient, but man, I'm very excited for that. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's a great point. I, I think San Francisco City could go very far, and they're just their whole uh, their whole vibe is is super community focused, and, and everything they put out, everything they do is is really positive um, for San Francisco. But yeah, I I really, as much as I've tracked a lot of lower league soccer jerseys. I have no idea either. I mean, literally, you could you could just draw any of these names out of a hat, and and they've probably got equal chances of winning. Because, like I said, it, it comes down to just fan opinion, and, and they're all just so beautiful. <laughs> you can't yeah, decide. and I mean, like all of these things, um, you know, goal of the week, save of the week in yeah. USL two. These, it's just about getting the vote out. So, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's what, whatever what, club, what club has the, can. The social media exactly. influence, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so speaking of social media influence, uh, Everett Jets, they are not too far from you guys. They're up in Washington, uh, yep. and, and they're a non-league side. I'm sure you're familiar. Uh, but they, they have come out with 
probably the most beautiful mascot I have ever seen. <laughs> it's it, it is a work of art, honestly. It's it's a uh, a pleasure to behold. It is uh, Sonic Boom, I think is its name. Uh, but they've it's it's literally a jet in a costume. Uh, and it's they posted a picture of it uh, maybe yesterday, two days ago, and I just was struck by the the artistic beauty of it. Uh, it it's it's wonderful. It really it just makes me happy when I look at it. Uh, what do, do, have you seen it, Dave? And I, what are I what did. are your initial thoughts? I don't know what that thing is. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's me a, neither. It's a blue bubble with gold lame <laughs> pants. Exactly. What what more could you ask for, Dave? Yeah, I I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! It, it doesn't look comfortable, but uh... <laughs> no, no, it does not. Oh man, this is probably the hardest I've laughed on any of these. That's amazing. <laughs> and I mean, it really is. It's it's the most bizarre. But still, like, awesome. Like, it's, I love it because of just how weird it is. And like you said, it, it's got to be the most uncomfortable thing that poor person has put on in the last 15 years of their life. It's just, it, clearly, the, the, the gold uh, lame is, is incredibly tight. Uh, and, and then the bubble thing, I, I don't, can you breathe in that? It, does it doesn't have the same helpful qualities as a mask is what I wonder. Because, I mean, I feel like there are some people who are not uh, convinced that, that wearing a mask is the right thing to do, that, that may see just the stylistic fashion of the <laughs> bubble and decide, you know what, I don't care, I'm going to wear this anyway. And, and then we solve the problem. You know, if, if we just manufacture about 100,000 of those Everett jet bubbles, then, you know, maybe, maybe we flatten the curve. I think you're off by orders of magnitude. We need 100 million of those. Yeah, that's but... true. That's true. <laughs> I, I was starting slow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I think we just come back to, I don't agree with the decision, but I wish them the best. <laughs> well said. That might be the quote of the day. That's, uh, I don't, I, I, I don't see the jet in there, but the, you know, it's, it's the most rounded, you know, organic <laughs> it's, looking it's new technology. <laughs> yeah. It's, it doesn't look anything like the jet that's on their, uh, their logo but that that being said i wish them the best i hope they uh <laughs> hope it increases their fan engagement let's put it oh it way. better if it doesn't i don't know what will they, they they've increased my fan engagement i'll say that um but but yes i you know i i feel like it could be like we're it's they're just ahead of the curve we haven't seen it yet but it's coming like you know boeing is looking at that right now and saying hey <laughs> that is our next jet design Clearly. Yeah, we're just gonna. Yeah, I don't know about the aeronautical engineering of putting a bubble in, <laughs> in the air, but we're gonna. Well, I mean, bubbles float really well in the air, though. <laughs> if you think about it, if you if you really dive in deep, unmanned, you just, yeah, mind you. <laughs> that's right. No, yeah, we we gotta put a a man inside the bubble. That's the uh, technological difficulty. Um, but you know, all that being said, I, I think I think we've covered all we can cover about the new uh, sonic boom of the Everett Jet, and that's probably a great place to wrap up weirdness of the week because I don't think it gets any weirder than that. <laughs> uh, so, 
So moving forward, we're going to hit uh, one of my favorite new segments, which is the Small World Superfan. Uh, and it is definitely not anyone from Lane United because they probably hate me with a passion uh, because no, no, I have, the, the have been merciless. No, no, the engagement has been great. It's been, no, uh, that's... you know, a, a lot of, uh, I, well, I think everyone has uh, sort of looked onto this whole thing with a large handful of salt and it's Good. all tongue in cheek and Good. <laughs> yes, we, we very much enjoy salt at Small World. But uh but yes, yeah, no, and and, and I, I appreciate that uh you guys have a, a good sense of humor out there too. Cause I remember just putting out my original post of like just roast me as hard as you can, just wondering, like, hmm, are they gonna be the kind of club that responds to this or are they just gonna like ignore me and pretend like I don't exist? And then you came back with a pretty good clap back, and I was like, okay, good. The game is a foot. Uh, <laughs> and, and then it just it, it went from there. Uh, but, well, yeah, so. And, and, ultimately, yeah, and ultimately, you know, we did our talking on the virtual pitch. So. <sighs> it, you know, you, you know that moment when somebody just absolutely destroys you, but they're completely right. So you just you have no ability to counter at all. You're just like, yep, that's true. Oh, well, that's <laughs> I, I got beat. I lost and I lost a jersey on it, too. I, I bet a uh, soccer jersey and and had to uh, part with with my uh, yellow Ecuador jersey, which was was pretty awesome. So that was sad. That was fantastic, and which coincidentally went straight to one of our fans. It did, yes, for, yeah, for a uh, coloring book contest. Indeed, yeah. indeed, a worthy cause. Uh, and and yes, I, I did. I actually signed it, so it's nice. it's going to have an incredible value uh, <laughs> in in just a few years. It's, I mean, because we're you may not know this, but I mean, it, it within the next couple of years, just looking at the numbers, small world projects to be at at millions of views per day. Uh, you know, just just absolute uh, skyrocketing and in, in social media influencing, uh, and so so we fully expect that jersey to be worth uh, somewhere in the seven or eight figures. Uh, so that that it will be a very very valuable gift. Perfect. We'll let the young man know his college Good. paid for. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It just hopefully with not within the next ten years. Uh, but uh, but yes. So so all that to be said. Uh, small world super fan this week is uh, someone who's who's somewhat connected to both of us, and that is Adam Kolznick of the Florida Tropics, who uh, was the representative uh, of the Florida Tropics, of course, in the lower league E Cup. He uh, lost to Lane United after Lane United beat me, uh, which we won't speak of. Mm -hmm. And then Adam and I played probably the most glorious, evenly matched game ever in in lower league cup history it went to i think six extra time periods um <laughs> it, it was literally impossible to break the deadlock and then he won and so you know uh but that was in the consolation bracket so i'd already lost and then i i just decided i'd lose again in six overtimes uh but yeah so adam has been a, a big supporter of small world throughout lower league cup coverage um and he has been it, well, he was on my case constantly because we put out like a power rankings every week uh, of like who was the best team in, in each uh, group uh, on the PS4 and the Xbox side. Uh, and so Adam was in the group with Metro Louisville and Xbox. 
And if you remember, Metro Louisville was just dominating everyone, like winning like 15, mm-hmm. 16, 0 every game. It was like a professional FIFA player representing Metro Louisville. And so I'm like, dude, like you're not in front of Metro Louisville because he played him like the last week. So he was perfect. Like he hadn't lost yet. I'm like, dude, you haven't played Metro yet. I'm like, yeah, they, you, I can't. You, they've got like a plus 800 goal differential. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not putting you ahead of them. Uh, but it was it was all in good fun. And uh, he, he's been a big supporter. So I am, I'm proud to announce Adam as a small world super fan. If you're listening right now, go follow Adam. A.S. Kolnick uh, 14, I believe, is the Twitter handle. Uh, but just just look him up, find him, give him wonderful gifts, or at least subscribe, or subscribe, follow him on Twitter, and make him happy. Um, but yeah, uh, do do were you following the Lane United versus Florida Tropics match at all? Yeah, yeah, I watched all the games. Yeah, so, fantastic. I mean, he he was a pretty solid player. I felt like I could have beaten him in any of the six overtimes, uh, but I didn't <laughs> quite. But he he was a pretty quality opponent. Yeah, it it was that that was I remember that was uh, definitely uh, one of the better games. It was, that, yeah, and uh, I mean, you guys really exploited him. Uh, you, you did a very good job in that one uh, over both legs, but uh, but yeah, no, he was uh, a pretty even match for me, which is clearly below Lane United's caliber. So, well, uh, Connor's a Connor's a damn good uh, FIFA player. Um, uh, yes, I, he is, and and a hell of a coach as well. Yeah, but, that's uh, you. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, it, what you're looking for in a in a club team head coach is the esports talent. But I mean, it, <laughs> head coaching is good too. Yeah, yeah, it it, it comes in handy occasionally. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, just sometimes. Uh, but yeah, no, we we do love Adam of Florida Tropics, and uh, actually, Florida Tropics, their second team is uh, another team that's in action. So, uh, however you feel about that, uh, technically, uh, Florida Tropics. Uh, the reserve side in the UPSL because uh, UPSL has come back to play. They're back in action. Um, so that's that's another uh, tidbit for you. Uh, but yeah, so thank you to Adam for being a small world super fan. And everyone go follow him and make his life better. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we're going to move forward into Hootis, which is all about Lane United. Uh, so Dave is obviously our resident expert on Lane United because he is kind of the managing director. Uh, so he is, uh, if he's willing, uh, who are we kidding? Yeah, I don't care if he's willing. He is going to tell us a little bit about, uh, Lane United and, uh, kind of how the club started, uh, what kind of got you involved with it, uh, and, and just kind of who the club is, what it's out to do, uh, and, and maybe a little bit about where the near future might be bringing you guys. Um, yeah, so feel free to interrupt at any point and ask questions, but cool. basically, um, you know, Lane United sprung out of a need to put a team back at civic stadium. Mm. <coughs> and, me. and for those who aren't familiar, uh, like obviously I'm from Georgia, uh, and, and I know, uh, a lot of people, uh, in my area of the country are probably not familiar with civic stadium. Tell us about the significance of that. Yeah, so Civic Stadium was built in 1938. Um, it was an all-timber stadium. Uh, Crazy. One of the very few left in the country. Um, so basically, it was built by the local lumber companies. They donated the, the labor and the materials 
Wow. And built a, you know, all timber covered 5,000 plus seat stadium um, in 1938, donated it to the community. Wow. Um, and it, it went from city ownership to the school district, and it was basically deemed as surplus by the school district. The Eugene Emeralds um, single-A minor league baseball team uh, was there from the late 60s, I believe, um, up until nine years ago. I can't remember when. But in any event, uh, when the University of Oregon brought baseball back they built a new stadium and civic stadium had fallen into somewhat of disrepair Mm. and the emeralds moved to the new baseball stadium that the university had built right so civic didn't have any inhabitants um big box store wanted to buy the property and tear the stadium down um, and that met with a lot Shame. of public resistance, right? And but the, we hadn't found the solution yet, and so I sort of went asking questions. And the the people involved at the time who were trying to save the stadium were convinced that if we had a soccer team that could move in, um, that they could save it. So I saw the soccer team as the lowest hurdle in all of this so right talk to my brother who's uh, head coach at fc tucson now but has been in wow. in soccer his whole professional life um yeah. and we just started chatting and you know realized that what was the pdl at the time would be not too high a bar so we started uh, hashing some things out and i basically just came up with a name and worked on a logo and sort of passed the hat right and you know 40 bucks at a time from people just throwing their support behind an idea we got enough of a positive reaction that it sort of showed some some bigger dollar investors that there was enough support for this and we basically built the thing and in 2013 and 2014 was our first season so wow. very much a, a grassroots effort yeah and you know the whole idea was to just create the team and then move into civic um and then five years ago a couple days ago um wow. it burned to the ground <laughs> oh my word okay so we <laughs> So I was involved with a with a group, the Eugene Civic Alliance, that was able to raise four and a half million dollars in about six months, wow. um, all private donation to save the stadium, and we were able to buy it from the city. So the city put a bid in to buy it from the school district, contingent upon us being able to raise the money to buy it from them. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to save the stadium, and literally three weeks after we got the keys. Uh, four 12-year-olds with matches unintentionally burnt it to the ground. What? Yeah. Oh, my. This is not the story I was expecting. Okay, so <laughs> this is riveting. So, yeah, it was, it was uh, amazing. It, 45 minutes, the whole thing was gone. Oh, my gosh. Um, so then, you know, Eugene Civic Alliance had to pivot. You know, our, 
our plan was to invest two and a half million dollars into fixing it up. You know, of the nine, there had been a comprehensive audit of the structure itself, and it was ninety six percent in um, structurally viable. So I think only three of the ninety six posts in the structure were going to have to be replaced, oh, and then we're going to have to do like siding and you know bleacher boards and right. um, and a fire suppression system. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So those kind of things, and but it was all on schedule that you know Land United was going to be the first thing to happen there, and then you know we expand on the property and kids sports, the local uh, youth sports organization that's been around for seventy plus eighty years. Wow, um, yeah. that was going to be their headquarters. So what happened was once the, the stadium burned down, um, Eugene Civic Alliance, we had to pivot and sort of say, okay, how do we, what do we do with the, with the property now? And mm. it became very kid sports focused. Um, and, you know, the, the stadium component uh, was sort of a second phase, you know, back burner project. So yeah. But nonetheless, we have our brand new, beautiful Liga turf, um, AstroTurf field in that's sitting dormant right now <laughs> because right. of COVID. Sad. But yeah, the, the field is in, but the Kid Sports has a new headquarters and they just started their first social distancing uh, summer camps for kids. And, you know, we hope to slowly activate the the facility um from a soccer standpoint yeah man but yeah that's sort of the that's sort of the the origin story of lane united was all about all about a stadium yeah yeah and a cool one at that my word completely it was very very cool completely made of timber that's so sad (laughs) and so and so so currently just so i understand the the it's being rebuilt over the second fire right or it has been rebuilt now well the 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 stands have not been rebuilt right uh, so it's just a field that that's right. got the it's turf a, right now yeah so what used to be the outfield of the the baseball grounds um is now a new kid sports facility they ha- that's yeah, their headquarters yeah. um they operate throughout the community at all the all the you know high school middle school etc gymnasiums and fields etc but they now have a headquarters that includes four basketball courts yeah field um so yeah it's a great facility but waiting for that to happen we were uh you know playing at various locations over the last six years (laughs) yeah Um, because that's a yeah, struggle but, for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's sort of, you know, the Northwest is a hotbed for soccer. You look at the support for the Timbers, the Sounders. Oh, you it's look incredible. At, yeah, and, and the number of players we produced out of here, even in our local community. Um, so it's, you know, I, I don't think it was too big of a leap. It wasn't just about, you know, a soccer stadium or, or a soccer team for a stadium. Um, there's definitely 
the sort of community infrastructure to support yeah. soccer. And it, it was something that had been talked about for a long time. Um, and, you know, I think the impetus was just the stadium that finally made it happen. Right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I mean, I guess kind of on that note, what has, because uh, you guys are in, in the Eugene area of Oregon, correct? Yes. Um, it, what what has that community meant to you guys as you've kind of built the club and grown? And, and I mean, obviously, we've already touched on how much community means to lower league soccer. But for you guys specifically, like, what is what is that Eugene community to you? Um, it's it, it's everything. I mean, that's mm. that's the that was the impetus behind the club fundamentally. I mean, you know, we talked about the importance of the stadium and that that being sort of the 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 catalyst to really get things going. But ultimately, it's the community. And I, you know, I, I grew up with soccer. You know, when, when I was seven, we moved to Europe, and uh, I just became immersed in the sport. And I got a real appreciation for how much sports in general and soccer specifically can really bring community together. Mm. Um, and having players that come out of this area, having the support for the, the sport and not having a team seemed like an opportunity missed. Yeah. So that was really the 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 impetus behind it. It's like, okay, we we know we'll get the support. Mm. Um, so let's let's do it, you know. And just no one had taken that leap, so I decided it was time to try it. Yeah. There you go. And I mean, that's that's one of the things that always strikes me is there is always a moment for everybody that I've talked to involved in lower league soccer who had any part in starting a soccer club was. At some point, they just saw the opportunity, and they're like, "I just have to do it. Like, it's not going to be anybody else. It just—it has to be me now that does it and makes it happen." Uh, and they just—it's it, crazy how normal people who haven't lived their whole lives to try and you know run a soccer club like it's not necessarily on their their life goal radar. They just find an opportunity, and they're like, "This is something I want to do. This is something that's going to be uh, impactful for my community." Uh, and like you've touched on earlier. This is not a money-making business. <laughs> Nobody is in it uh, for the uh, huge profits because there aren't any. Um, but it, just that idea of creating something uh, just because the opportunity is there and, and that, that motivation just to do it because you can and do it because it's, it's something worth doing. Uh, it's a really cool thing. It's, it's something unique to lower league soccer, I think. Yeah, and I mean, starting any business involves a leap of faith. Mm. You know, you look at your business plan, you look at, you know, all the, the components, you look at the market, et cetera, and you take a leap of faith. And fundamentally, those are focused on, is your product good enough or is your management good enough, et cetera. Um, but in this regard, it's really, really satisfying because this leap of faith really relies on the community mm. you know you're you're throwing yourself on the community for support and that feels really good when you get a when you get a response yeah yeah no it's i think it's it's human nature for us to love that response anyway but 
to see it from an entire community. And like you said, that's, it's all based on that. You know, if you don't have a community behind you, you have nothing. <laughs> you know, so, so that's, that's definitely cool. And, and hats off to the Eugene community for, uh, for uniting around uh, Lane United, a club very much worth uh, that community involvement. Uh, but yeah, cool to see that kind of symbiotic relationship and, and to kind of hear that story too. Uh, that's definitely one that's, that's different. You know, the idea of, of you know, the, the club trying to save the stadium, which is really a key part of the community, you know, that people wanted to see saved. It, it's just cool to see that stadium play such a big role uh, in that community impact. It's yeah, and from a business perspective, from an operations perspective, um, you know, I talk to to my colleagues around the country, and the facility component is huge. It may not appear so from from the public standpoint, but if you actually have some sort of control over your facility, you're on so much better ground. Um, you know, so many clubs just sort of pop up and as we've had to do, you know, over the last six years playing at different venues, so many clubs pop up assuming that there's a facility available and they can use it when they need to. And it raises so many headaches that you just don't really see from the outside. Right. Being, being able to control your facility, having a facility that you can use in a way to really enhance that fan experience is mm. massive i mean i think you know a central central point to the success of detroit fc is that stadium and oh, I yeah. think that, that, that can't be yeah. overlooked yeah absolutely yeah. no it is it's because it's it creates the atmosphere that detroit city is known for you know like they're they're known for the chance for the environment for that culture of what it's like in that venue and it's and that they venue that makes it possible it yes exactly yep yep that's it that's a perfect example of exactly what you're talking about um and one that i think people uh no matter where you're listening from will know um that's yeah yeah absolutely um but yeah yeah cool to see you guys be able to build that control so early uh, and i know well, we still that, don't have it <laughs> well, you, you, you get it's it's coming, it's coming, yeah. it's getting there. You see, uh, but um, yeah, I just saw that to say it's 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 cool to see even that mentality. You know that that you're seeking that out. I think a lot of people miss that, and they look for the on-field success, and and they look for the the even the social media success. You know, building community, but not necessarily in that way. Um, it's yeah, it, and as we've seen in this, you know pandemic um you know what people being asked to stay at home has really sort of rattled a lot of people and mm. we've seen how just how social people fundamentally <laughs> are right um and that's you know that's that's something that we have to key in on as community focused clubs is you know that game day experience that social environment you know you can have the on-field success or failures, your kits, your social media, et cetera. Right. But fundamentally, people want to gather and yeah. feel like they're part of something that's right. bigger. That's right. Yeah, no, and I mean, that's that's a huge aspect of, of lower league soccer, too, is that idea of togetherness. You know, a group of people who 
uh, maybe outside of that club would never have have come together in that way. And so it is. It's it's a an essence, an element of that that we're missing. Um, but I'm very excited to see different communities make it up next year in a big way. Hopefully, yeah. that's 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 what I'm uh, uh, leaning leaning towards and, and kind of keeping my eyes focused on because uh, I miss it right now for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, like I said, like I said, really appreciate um, getting that kind of window into to who you guys are and, and the way that you've kind of established the club in your own way. Um, and I, I always love hearing those stories. Every single story like that that I've heard has its own kind of like redeeming element or its own kind of unique aspect. It's like, man, this is cool. Uh, that's It's part of why I love doing this so much. Um, but from there, we're going to progress into small world score sheet, which again, for the umpteenth time, is incredibly self-explanatory. Small world is going to give you some scores on a sheet. And so we're, we, we have a few uh, around the league, and uh, we, we're focusing on uh, specific clubs that we uh, care about or are rooting for for various reasons. The first one is out of UPSL. Actually, the first three are, but this is out of the Alaska division, which, first of all, I just find fantastic that there's an Alaska division now of UPSL. That's, that is a great uh, advertisement for the growth of American soccer. It's in Alaska, guys. There's a whole league, a whole division of a league in Alaska. That's amazing. That's really cool. Uh, and so I think it's three, four teams right now in the division. And so we, we have thrown our support behind Matsu United. Uh, Matsu being a, uh, a, uh, a traditional word uh, in uh, kind of Alaskan uh, history. Um, and, and so it's, it's very true to kind of the culture in their local area. Uh, big fans of them. Unfortunately, they have lost 4-0 in their most recent fixture against Alaska Rush. Uh, so that's unfortunate. Come on, Matsu. Do better. But we still love you. Um, so that's uh, that. That's one that we uh, would like to to have back, but still, still supporting Matsu in the future. Um, and then we've got Royal Palms FC, which we're big fans of. Uh, they're in Florida. They lost one to seven. So that's a really tough. Basically, Oof. all the teams small world like they're failing miserably. <laughs> uh, so that's not good. They lost to OFC Barca. Uh, so I guess they just channeled their inner Barcelona and beat the crap out of Royal Palms. Uh, so that's that's not what we like to see. Uh, and then our, our final UPSL match to, to give you, our final result is, <laughs> and this is my favorite. I, I love this club name so much, and I know nothing about them. I can't find anything. I've tried to research them. I can't find anything about them. But if anybody knows anything about Leg A to Z Soccer International, uh, please, please give me any of their contact information because I really want to know the story behind that name. Uh, the Leg A to Z Soccer International uh, were in action this week, and they they tied, so they didn't lose, thankfully, uh, to with Orlando Rovers. So they're they're also in Florida. That's all I know. I don't know where they are specifically, but the, it, is that not the most fantastic name for a soccer club ever? Maybe, <laughs> maybe no Bear Fight FC has. Oh, uh, this uh, is. Let's say it in this. This is true. Bear Fight. Well, first of all, Bear Fight are an awesome community club. Can't say enough about about their uh, uh, their yeah. awesomeness. 
but yeah, that, them and leg A to Z, they're at the, they're at the top of the list there. <laughs> but yes, uh, so yeah, and and uh, so a few fixtures to look forward to for this week uh, would be the following. As my computer fails to comply, um, but let's see. Yeah, so we've got here we go. Leg A to Z are back in action uh, today. Actually, if you're watching. Uh, this should be out if you're watching like right as it comes out before the match happens. It's at 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, on on this Saturday, July 4th. And Leg A to Z Soccer International uh, is playing Maka Ballers. So we will definitely be standing Leg A to Z. Uh, please don't fail this time. Well, I guess they didn't fail last time. They were the one team that we supported that didn't lose. Uh, and then moving forward the next day, uh, we've got all kinds of uh, action in Florida, but OFC Barca, who absolutely ran over Royal Palms, we hate them now, uh, so we are hoping that they lose against Sporting Orlando. So go Sporting Orlando. Uh, and that's that's pretty much it out of the UPSL. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll also hit a much smaller league that, that not many know about, and that's the WPASL. Uh, that's out of Wisconsin, a local league there. Uh, and so... It, Dave, were you familiar with uh, Bateau FC and Hayward United? They had this uh, Connect Four game. And uh, for a while, I, I'm sure you saw uh, there were these kind of like Connect Four games going around between different soccer clubs. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? No, I'm not. Okay, so I'll kick you up. This was this is fantastic. Um, so uh, th- this, was, this was very funny to me. In fact, Lower League E-Cup was, was involved in this for a minute. I played against Lower League E-Cup in a Connect Four game. And I also lost that. So that was honestly a pretty bad omen. I should have known back then uh, that I would fail miserably in the real thing. But uh, all that being said, I think it was started by a couple of Premier League club admins uh, on Twitter. And so it was like maybe Southampton and uh, uh, Man City or something. And Southampton, uh, their Twitter page challenged Manchester City to a, a Connect Four game. And this was right after all of soccer got postponed or canceled uh, right as the, the COVID outbreak was really developing into something serious, uh, or at least when people realized it was. Uh, and so they, they had this kind of like, it was a, totally a promotional thing uh, just to keep fan bases engaged and it just kind of the, the humor of it. Uh, and so they just took all these blank white circles and would like copy the image of all of them and like, put a, a new emoji in there representing their team. Uh, and so, like, it was this emoji board uh, of, of Connect Four, and so they would, like, just go back and forth and reply with a new board. It, it, it was just, it was a glorious thing to see the, just the absurdity of Premier League soccer clubs just going back and forth with these yes, Connect the Four circles. Yes, the springs of bell now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so this went all the way down. You know, this was was kind of applied by lower league clubs across the U.S., and it went all the way down to the WPASL between Vito and Hayward. And the reason this one was different was because they just they were having this, like, grandfatherly conversation back and forth as they're doing it. Like, it was literally, they, like, one person would make a move, because usually what happens is they'd kind of trash talk each other, right? You know, you'd be like, oh, and, and, and you'd pretend like it was a game. You know, it'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. and then our, our right winger is streaking down the left side, you know, with a chance to score. If you had like three in a row, something like that. And these guys are just like, 
oh, how are things over there in Eau Claire this week? It's like, oh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're uh, looking at this field to play with this summer. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, who are your sponsors? It was, it was just, I, I just imagine them sitting on some, like, Wisconsin back porch just having this conversation and, and playing a legitimate Connect Four game. Uh, it was it was one of the most wholesome, hilarious things I have seen in a long time. Uh, so I would I would highly recommend that you go look that thread up. Uh, either one of their club pages. They don't post a whole lot on Twitter, uh, so you can probably scroll through and and find it pretty easily. Um, but uh, but it was it was hilarious. It was wonderful. And uh, and so both of those clubs are are being followed by Small World as a result of that excellent uh, non controversial anti-conflicting <laughs> uh uh connect four match uh so bateau uh, has performed much better than hayward this week uh bateau won 5-2 over gosh i'm never gonna be able to pronounce this right fc midnemo mid midnemo don't know no clue uh but whoever they are we really don't care how they pronounce their name because they lost uh so bateau <laughs> beat them uh, and then Hayward United did not fare as well. They lost 4-1 to Lobos FC, which is much easier to pronounce, uh, but they're a lot better on the field. So, so yeah, there's that. Uh, do what you want with that information. You but, know, uh, that, that uh, Connect Four story combined with the Alaska League reminds me a lot of... Uh, my ski bumming days when I lived in Crested Butte, <laughs> Colorado. No, it was ah, there you go. During the summer, every ski town we every ski town had a soccer team, and really? we'd just rotate weekends for who would host the weekend tournament. And That's so we'd travel awesome. to Telluride, we'd travel to Aspen, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And every team would show up, and the host team was basically just responsible for securing the party at a bar. So you get a bar sponsor <laughs> that would provide free beer for the teams and securing uh, camping. So, you know, the local park, you just like That's the amazing. teams would show up and just, and it was just every weekend you went to a different ski town and played what? a tournament. It was great. That's awesome. So I so sort cool. of have this picture of that that Alaskan league of three or four teams being somewhat like that, and yeah, you know, certainly in Wisconsin, I imagine it's it's <laughs> it's Wisconsin. There's got to be beer involved, right? Oh, oh, certainly. <laughs> but, but yes, yeah, I, I'm sure they're just. In fact, they were probably consuming quite a large amount of beer when they were <laughs> when they were going back and forth. The other great thing was it was so slow. Like it took like a week. <laughs> For them to go back, for them to make one move, because I think they just forgot about it, and then they like just came back to their Twitter page a week later and were like, "Oh look, I gotta respond to this." So I mean that that works too, just kind of the slow pace of like, let's just go travel and see a new team this week. That's literally such a cool concept, though. I mean, honestly, that's that's because you get the travel and you get kind of the experience, the social experience of of getting to play. Uh, and and kind of having that that representation of your your little ski town too. That's cool. That, yeah, I wanna, and, and I want to ultimately the pride came now. from you know being a good host, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> had nothing you, to do you, with the you threw the talent. you threw the best party you know at the bar. That was <laughs> that was the trophy. Yeah, essentially. Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah, it's really more about the connection that way. But yeah, no, that's that is excellent. I love that. 
Um, but yeah, so so hopefully uh, Hayward United turns it around, uh, and and Bateau continue their winning ways. What I really want to see is the Connect Four derby. You know, when when Bateau and Hayward <laughs> play each other, what's going to happen there? You know, I, it's it's probably going to be well. I would say it's going to be a fierce rivalry, but given the the Connect Four game, it's probably going to be nothing along those lines. We'll 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 see. But if that happens. Small World's going to have to cover that very heavily. That's that's going to be a derby we have very much interest in. I love how the uh, the two teams have been defined by a Connect Four game in the Small exactly. World environs. Exactly. That's that's just kind of how we roll. You know, it's it doesn't. We are very. We take this incredibly seriously. You know, like we do not mess around. You know, there's there's a lot of media outlets out there. You know, that are just they kind of. They don't take it very seriously. They're super nonchalant. You know, they just joke it around. We don't do that, okay? We are, we are a serious bunch. And by a serious bunch, I mean me. It's yeah, legitimately it, just me. Any port in a COVID storm, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so, so that's, that's enough uh, random scores that very few people care about. Uh, we got one more segment for you, uh, and this should be a fun one. This is always one of my favorites. And uh, why I love it is because none of my guests expect it to be coming. Uh, and so we, we kind of catch them off guard a little bit. Uh, Dave, uh, if you're quaking in your boots, we can't see it because this week we don't have video because uh, we wanted the, the audio quality to be better. Uh, but I just would like to imagine uh, that you are quaking in your boots right now. Quaking uh, in waiting. my slippers. Haven't put boots on in months. <laughs> that, wor- <laughs> that works too. Let's be technical. Uh, but... But yes, yeah, so this is called Up Close and Personal, uh, and of course we are keeping uh, uh, CDC and WHO guidelines, uh, even though the title is uh, uh, in- indicative of anything uh, separate from that. We do not uh, be held liable for, for any, uh, any uh, rule-breaking uh, incidents. So, so that being said, uh, that, that disclaimer out of the way, uh, first off, this is, this is quite innocent. So I'm just going to, I have, I have a few questions for you, uh, but the first one is, is very, uh, innocent and we've already touched on it a little bit. Uh, but essentially kind of what, what got you into soccer? And I know you talked uh, about how you lived in Europe for a while, uh, and how obviously that's going to cultivate a love of, of the, uh, the most popular game in Europe by far. Um, but kind of what, what brought you to, to love soccer in the first place? Um, yeah, like, like I said, you know, being immersed in the culture from a young age. Um, and when we arrived in Europe, it was, uh, heading into a world cup year. Um, so there was, you know, all that hype. Um, but then, you know, we we lived in Geneva, Switzerland, and there were two, there were two clubs there and you know i i had friends who played in the youth academies and and i just seeing how much it meant to families um and then you know in switzerland you travel everywhere by train because it's so efficient right Um, and going going to the train stations and seeing you know rival groups of fans showing up for games or seeing the local fans on their way to away games um, and being, it was that that community thing that I've Mm. just never seen before around anything else. 
Um, and then there's just the the technical part of the game that's I think it has so much of the right balance of what you look for in sport mm. on the field. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, it's it, it's such a tenuous game because controlling the ball with your feet, yeah. it's not like you get to hold on to it and you're no you know, you're being it's not like people have to strip the ball like in football and you know uh-huh. you, your fumbles are just so rare compared to losing possession in soccer. So right. everything is so tenuous and yet it's such a it's such a beautiful game to watch. Mm. Um, you know the the balance, the the skill, the opportunities mean so much. You know, chances oh, on goal yeah. mean so much. You know, in basketball, it's every basket is so meaningless just because of the number of them right so i don't know it's it's a combination of all of these things um yeah certainly created a love that i'm obviously struggling to to define but it's <laughs> uh, it's ingrained for sure yeah no and i mean how do you really put a love for soccer into words you know it's, it's almost impossible which is why i made you try to do it <laughs> um, but, but no, I mean, it, I, I have to say, I completely agree. It, there's something about the fluidity of it that just yeah. feels, it just feels natural. You know, it feels like what a sport should be, uh, the right. fact that and, it's always moving. It never ends. You know, there, there's no clock stoppages, you know, it's not like there's commercials. You, you have halftime, but at the end, at the end of the day, you're just playing it out. You're always moving and, and reacting and acting and, and there's a finesse to it. It's, it's something really special. For sure, and I can't think of another sport, um, maybe except for boxing, where it's there's such a conscious balance between offense and defense. You know, where put mm. where you know actively going on offense exposes you defensively. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, football, you change entire teams, yeah, right. offense <laughs> and defense, but you know it. You know, in boxing, you you expose yourself by by being offensive in the same way you do in soccer. That's a great point. It's tactical that way too. You know, I, I just I could uh, hmm, I I could spend so much time just getting into the tactics of the game, which I love so much. That like kind of uh, mental aspect too, because it's physical, of course. Yeah. But there's so much involved that it, behind every single movement, there is a, a thought process and and this mental battle that's happening, and especially at the professional level. You know, when you watch those players play, they are just constantly analyzing, constantly thinking as they move and, and, and act and, and play. And man, it's, it's so incredible. But yeah, no, I, I love that. Uh, yeah, and, and the, 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 you know, it's one of those sports where the coaches are basically, you know, they, they have to do things ahead of time because they can't change things right. on the field during the game. The, the players have been set up by the coaches, of course. But during the game, there's very little the coaches can do. Kind of helpless. <laughs> and, you know, the, back to the community component, I, you know, how much that mentality of the players plays a part in the result and how much the fans actually have an influence. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, we've had the perfect experiment through COVID 
in seeing how much the fans play a part in home field advantage. And it's right. pretty, it means it's pretty stark anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Because I mean, we're looking at Bundesliga, looking at uh, La Liga matches and now Premier League too. It, it, there's been no advantage, you know, to, to having the home side yeah. because again, there's no supporters to, to kind of rouse you on. And it's just, it's not the same. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But yeah, love that story. Uh, very cool to see. And, you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of people miss Switzerland as a, as a soccer nation. You know, they think of the France and the Germany and the Spain and, and England, of course. But there, there is definitely a, a high quality. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of quality players that have come out of the country, but there's, there's a huge support for it there, too. Um, yeah, it's a really sure. cool soccer nation. Absolutely. And, and do they, you, you know, like Iceland, they hit well above their weight in terms oh, of... Oh, yes. <laughs> and like Iceland, they have a cross on their flag. And they're basically <laughs> the same country. It's, it's the same thing. But, uh, but yes, so do, you, do you still follow the... Uh, it's the Reifessen, if I'm correct. I'm probably pronouncing it horribly. Uh, but the, the National League in Switzerland? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, Servette, the local team in, uh, in Geneva... Uh, had some horrible mismanagement uh, oh. years ago and got, I mean, they had to file for bankruptcy and Ooh. relegation, et cetera. But they're back on the rise and they're, they're moving back up. There you go. Up. Yeah. But yeah, that was the team, you know, that I supported um, back then. And uh, they got to host Liverpool after Liverpool's wow. a- 81, what's now Champions League victory. So uh, I went to that game. I mean, there's some wow. good players too. I mean, Karl Heinz Rummenigge played for Servette. So yeah, it's yeah. It, and I tell you what, it's a lot easier to follow now in the age of the internet <laughs> than right. trying to follow the Swiss league via papers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I can't imagine there were a whole lot of American papers ever uh, posting no. any scores on the on the Swiss league. <laughs> I, I would be very impressed if they were. Um, but, uh, but no, yeah, that's awesome. So now we'll get into, uh, some, some more, uh, I guess, personal questions. Um, so we, we, I've, I've made it a tradition with every guest that I've had on the show to ask them a little bit about kind of like how they grew up. Um, so I'm going to ask you to describe your childhood for me in three different ways. Um, and so the first one is to describe your childhood in one food. Um, food. <laughs> I always love this. All right, I'm gonna go with raclette. Uh, huh? Huh? <laughs> what now? Yeah, it's uh. I'm, I'm this is something. Swiss. Yes, it's amazing. It's something I was introduced to in Switzerland as a child. Uh, it's basically you take a half of a wheel of cheese. And you expose the cut face to heat in usually traditionally fire and it melts and you scrape that melted cheese onto a plate with and serve it with boiled potatoes and pickles and onions. It's just hot melted cheese with various vegetables. It's fantastic. That sounds great. It sounds like a really uh, uh, specific process to get the cheese. When I, I mean, I'm sure it it pays off in the taste, but 
it's it's pretty funny because I I thought it was gonna be like a whole meal and and you're like well first you take a block of cheese and then you do this to it and you do that to it and you do that. and then you put some potatoes with it and now <laughs> reckless but I mean I it, it sounds excellent and it's even, excellent and I I think that I think part of the reason I like it so much is it's there's a a social ritual to it uh, you know, it's not just the food it's you're when you have reclet at a you know a chalet pub in the alps somewhere um as one you're, does you're usually you have to wait you know there's a guy making it and they can only you know melt cheese one plate at a time so you're waiting Obviously. for this and everyone's everyone's part of this ritual which is yeah. which is fun yeah so it's it's kind of like a social interaction while you're waiting for it i guess Totally. Yeah, there you go. That's cool. That's cool. So, so Reckled is uh, kind of like the the uh, yerba mate of Switzerland, I guess. <laughs> if you want, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I want that. So that's what we're gonna call it. Uh, but no, that's that's awesome. So that I, I this may surprise you, but that's the this is the first instance of Reckled that I've had at, as this answer. Uh, so I, I've not heard Reckled from anybody else. So you're you're the first one, uh, if All you right. can believe that. Um, I. I I can actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, uh, so we'll so we'll move on to the next one. Uh, your childhood. Describe it in one TV show. Um. Wow. <laughs> it gets better. Oh God. Um. <laughs> I'm honestly gonna go with Mash. There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a good shout. And why mash? Um, I think it was it was it's really smart to begin with. It's it is. insightful, and the, it has a contrarian nature that I respond to. Ah, there you go. Okay, okay. So you're always kind of a so so, and you say contrarian nature. Like, were you kind of just a, a kind of contrarian kind of kid growing up, like a, a, a bit of a rebel? No, not necessarily, but it certainly it. And I, I should sort of modify that contrarian statement. It's not contrarian for the sake of being contrarian, but sure, sort of more questioning establishment. Right, right. So yeah, that's 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 something you identify with pretty well. This is the yeah, and it. I think you have to have some of that in you to. Oh yeah, lower league club. <laughs> oh yes, yes. That's. I think that's something all of us share to a pretty large degree. <laughs> yes. Because if not, we would probably all be supporting MLS clubs right now. All right, I'm going to stop. Uh, but, but yes, um, that's, that, that's awesome. So, MASH, I like that. That's, that's actually a, a pretty good one. Uh, and then uh, last one, and this has generally been the hardest one, uh, as if the other two weren't. Uh, but uh, describe your childhood for me in one phrase. Hmm. One phrase. One phrase. One phrase. Not even one word. One no, phrase. it's a phrase. I'm not even going to make it that easy for you. Um, I would say the appreciation of international diversity. Ooh. It's something that I was exposed to early. Obviously, in Switzerland. Throwing some big words at us. 
Well, not that big. Um, but yeah, being in, I mean, obviously, uh, Geneva is a very international city. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was something that was, it's been paramount to sort of my outlook on things was being exposed to that at an, at an early age. You know, all my friends in, in elementary school were Italian, Portuguese, Spanish, Ukrainian, right. German, etc. And being exposed to not just moving to a different culture from the U.S., but then being exposed to so many different cultures while there, mm. I think it really opened my... And language, you know, that oh, languages yeah. produce this way of thinking that people aren't even really very aware of until you start exploring different languages that there's mm. you know language brings perception with it oh yeah no there's more than like the literal understanding like there's yeah. another almost a culture within it yeah yeah and then the you know which part in the sentence is the subject and you know <laughs> it's it's different among different languages oh, yeah. it's fantastic yeah. And so I mean, I you, you see that reflected too. Like it's it's like the the grammar changes in ways that like the way of thinking changes too. You know, like it's it's kind of interconnected with with aspects of daily life. It's crazy. And Absolutely. I mean, I know that's not that's not the subject, but uh, but no, that's that's a definitely a worthy tangent. Uh, I man, I love language so much. Uh, I I do speak Spanish myself, uh, and I'm currently learning Catalan because why not? Um, nice. But yeah, just I that idea of internet and i'll let you finish i promise but that idea of international diversity is is just it's so fun to me there's nothing quite like that and i think that's another reason why i love soccer and lower league soccer because it 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 has you encounter so many different people from so many different backgrounds and in a lot of ways you enable them to have opportunities to play a game that has unfortunately in the united states been predominantly white and that's not because white people are playing more soccer it's because the system is uh, a little bit broken uh towards white people uh, and i don't i don't know if that's a controversial statement but i, I no, really believe it to be true no, um, we've established a system where you have to have money to play the sport exactly yep the white people in our country have the money right right um and it's it's, it's very unfortunate but to to hear so many clubs that I've talked to on this podcast and, and gotten quotes from for a blog um, that are working to change that in little ways. Because obviously, it, it, uh, one lower league club or even quite a few are not going to change the overarching system. But if they change the lives of 15, 20 players and give them an opportunity to play, to get seen, uh, to even just have the opportunity ex to express themselves at whatever level, that means something. Um, so yeah, it's, it's another reason to love lower league soccer. Yeah. And I'm, and to that point, I'm pretty excited about, um, the USL, uh, Academy initiative. Mm, me too. It's, it's, you know, it's literally tying together the, the youth and all the way up to, you know, in certain communities, championship level soccer, um, the, the way we haven't seen in this country. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Mm, no, me too. And I was talking with last week's guest, uh, Christian Fronick uh, of Palm Beach Breakers, and we were talking about the whole USL system and how it's becoming a really comprehensive system uh, that's, that's 
clearly unmatched in the rest of the U.S., but that really, and I mean, this is this gets into a little bit more of a of a pro rail debate, but I think it really could could challenge the MLS down the road uh, as a as a as a real competitor and not just be seen as oh the championship is is the second tier. Um, I, there's there is a really nice, and I'm I, you obviously know this better than than most as a USL two side, uh, but there it's a really comprehensive, very deep. Uh, system that's growing and with the academy it just it makes it even deeper uh, and it feels like they're going about building that academy the right way yeah i i totally agree i mean i've you know being on the executive committee for usl2 um i've definitely you know shared a lot of frustrations and <laughs> etc as we move forward sure. and I, yeah you know i i want things to move faster than they do that <laughs> right. being said um i think you know a lot of a lot of accommodations have to go jake Ed- edwards way mm. in terms of how he's developed things over the last few years um and and bringing the system together i think the the rebrand and moving, you know, changing PDL to USL2, you know, our, our yeah. winter summit involves all the clubs now from championship to USL2 now. It's much more comprehensive and inclusive than it has been. And then in the, in the structure of the leagues, I think that's being reflected as well. And the academy is just the next step. I think it's great. Mm. Yeah. No, and I mean, that's, I couldn't agree more. I think there are definitely people who, who have their their complaints about how USL is not necessarily grassroots in the same way that other leagues are. But I mean, when you look at at what and you mentioned Jake Edwards, I think he he deserves a lot of of, of kudos and, and praise for what he's been doing. Um, but I guess the entire organization, uh, I think there's a lot of quality there, and it's it's deserving of support just as, as much as any other league in lower league soccer is. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool, and I'm excited to see. You know where the continued growth of the league goes. Uh, I, I know it's definitely a, a, a kind of a conflicting point as far as whether the championship and League One should be back in action. But uh, I'm definitely yeah. intrigued to see um, how that goes and to kind of see how that standard is set, um, how that plays out. Because I, I know that the certain teams are even allowing fans into the stadium for matches. Um, so it will be very intriguing to follow uh, kind of how that turns out and and. I think that that will be the standard uh, for lower league clubs going forward uh, for for years to come, as we still honestly will be dealing with this for uh, a good while. Yeah, it's it's a really tough one. I, I personally, I don't really agree with the returning to play right now, um, sure. especially in areas like where my brother is in Tucson. Yeah, uh, it's 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 ugly, and I I right. I mean, I'm not I'm not privy to the financials for those clubs and the league, et cetera. But without a TV deal, I don't understand how it makes sense financially either. Right. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, yes, again, we will. <laughs> again, don't agree with it, but I wish them the best. There we go. That it's definitely uh, we we got to keep track. Some somebody. Go keep track and, and listen back and see how many times we've said that because <laughs> it's a lot. It's very many. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, with that, I think that's that's about all that we've got for you. Uh, Dave, thank you, thank you, thank you 
And also, thank you very much uh, for joining us this week on uh, Small World Soccer Report. How can people follow you guys and, and keep up with what Lane United is doing? Um, well, I'm proud to say that even through this pandemic, we've uh, actually expanded our staff and have a social media coordinator. So on yeah. all social media outlets, you can find us. Lane United FC is usually the handle. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, Are you on MySpace? There's a there's there's a, a really just a growing contingent of of youths that are joining MySpace. <laughs> yeah, you, you you youths, you think you're funny, but I actually remember MySpace. I was not on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but but so no MySpace for, no. for Lane United. No, no. That's slightly disappointing. Okay, um, but but yeah. So I guess the other ones you can you can follow them there, uh, and yeah. So uh, you you mentioned the social media coordinator, uh, whoever that is, is fantastic. Uh, I've really uh, appreciated all of all of my interactions uh, with Lane United's social media, uh, and now with uh, Lane United's managing director. Uh, so Dave, once again, just thank you so much for coming on, uh, and really excited uh, to see what you guys have in the future especially the jersey that you'll just hint to yep. me about and not tell me anything concrete. Unbelievable. Yep. It's going to be good. And thank well, you thanks. so much uh, for having me, Danny. It was, it was a lot of fun. Man, absolutely. Uh, really enjoyed uh, sharing a laugh with you and hearing all about Lane United and a little bit about you as well. Uh, so thank you guys, as always, for listening and tuning in to Small World Soccer Report. Uh, you know where to find Small World. I, I don't even. I, I don't. I don't have to tell you at this point. Figure it out. If you want to follow us, you probably already have. But if not, guys, I mean, because really, the entire world has. Who hasn't followed Small World? It, it, are, really, are there any more than six hundred and sixty-four people in the world? I don't think there are. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll see you guys next time, uh, faithfully as ever, uh, on Saturday to uh, brighten up your weekend with another episode of Small World Soccer Report. Thanks again to Lane United and Dave uh, for being a part of this, and we'll see you all next week. Stay weird, everyone.